On this week's show, all set to go after a strong pre-season, we hear from Tunbridge Angels boss Jay Saunders. What we have got to do is, is make sure that we establish ourselves in the top 10 for, for a few seasons. If we can close that gap and make playoffs, then fantastic. New Tunbridge Wells boss Steve Ives explains what made him decide to return to the Culverden as the number one man. I spoke to my missus and, and like she said, you, you've probably been in and around this game 10, 15 years hoping for an opportunity like this. So what's stopping you? And City Bowl manager Ryan Maxwell looks forward to a tricky cup tie in their opening game of the season. Magical for, for non-league players. It changes life at times. And uh, hopefully we can, we can go a few rounds and... You know, and uh, I make sitting born known uh, to everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kenley Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. It was great to be back last week, and we're still on that early season high as we bring you three more interviews that we hope you will enjoy with our National League and Scaffold Division One teams joining the fray, and a handful of RSME League sides also starting their seasons with some FA Cup action. Now, I'm John Phipps, a fugitive on the run with his fiance's headphones. On the line now is a man who I'm sure cannot wait to get back to watching some football this weekend. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Hey, good, mate. It's been, uh, well, a nice close season. It all starts at the weekend. Optimism at one minute to three. That will probably be blown out of the water at five o'clock. But hey, I'm here to entertain and not be miserable. Um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, uh, obviously we'll be talking at length about what you're going to see on Saturday uh, later on in the show. But are you well? Did you enjoy the cricket on Saturday? Brilliant day out. Brilliant. Did you go in the? I went in the um, simulator, so I faced the six balls. I swept Shane Warne, ball of the century, mate. Wow, I, I, I so, didn't see the simulator, so we, yeah. we we missed out on it. No, no, brilliant. We had a great day out. It was really good fun. England whacking it all over the place. You know, you saw the conclusion. So I have to say, you know, I love my cricket. I'm, you know, sometimes I think I'd, I'd like to. Well, well, I was thinking, sorry, changing something a bit. Isn't it great going to a major sporting event? You know, you, the atmosphere, things like that. It really, really um, had a really good day out, major sporting event. So I love non league football, and, you know, there'll be a thousand people there at the weekend, but there's something about 30,000 people getting excited and, just a general hub and bum of it all. So that was really good. So, yeah, really good weekend. But now cricket is over. Football is back. Well, yes, I was there on Monday for the finale, uh, as, as discussed. I was in the non-drinking section uh, at the Oval. So I actually had a very sober day out of the cricket. Uh, we did have a wander around the ground during the three-hour rain delay. But, you know, what a finale. Four wickets in 18 balls to set it up. Uh, absolutely brilliant days cricket. And Stuart Broad finishing it off. Uh, in perfect style and it was a a great day great to see my old mate as well and just had a a really nice day Uh, enjoyed it great series again Um, love a bit of basketball love a bit of the ashes well played everybody Uh, yeah I watched the old Ben Stokes um, documentary on Amazon have you seen that I haven't no it's on my list very good very really really good really um, really really enjoyed that top man Ben Stokes and yeah, let's hope he can get there to the next Ashes. But yeah, brilliant. Really a great cracking day out. If You know, people I don't, you know, they're not regular people who cricket are watching this, but they loved it as well. So if, even if you're not a cricket fan, just going for the atmosphere and a, and a good day out, at the cricket is a, is a fantastic uh, event to go to. Absolutely. And you're going to love this, Matt, because actually, you know, I do a silly little fact about numbers every week. Yeah. Ben Stokes is the topic of this week's number because it's our 258th episode and 258 is the highest in South Africa. 
of Benjamin Andrew Stokes scored against South Africa in 2016. Uh, hmm. Rapid knock, and uh, after this week, very appropriate that he is the topic of the number. Uh, according to the Urban Dictionary, which, to be brutally honest, I normally steer well clear of for this family show, there's also some sort of code for I love you in 258, but I didn't really understand where that came from. Uh, there's also a song called 258 by Mary J. Blige. It's well, my style of music. I've listened. Uh, but the lyrics are, well, judge for yourself. This is the chorus. Because I've got days and days of love for you, boy, and I don't want to have to rush. But 24-7 ain't enough, no, because I got so much love for you, boy. I need another hour and a day so I can love you 25-8, 25-8. I mean, it's no, a little like bit days out there. No, like days a week there. by the Beatles, is it? That's a bit of a rip off of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and but she well, wants to like well. days a week. Mary yeah. J. Blige ripped it off. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, you know, thanks to Mary um, for that. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen was to that it, song. Was it a hit? Uh, do you know what? I don't actually know. I just uh, watched it on YouTube uh, and saw it from there. So uh, I've got no idea. From... Mary J. Blige, but I, don't, but I wouldn't know, but know any of them. I don't think that was one of them. Uh, mm. 20, let me just... do, if you haven't listened to Eight Days a Week by the Beatles, do listen to that because that is a tune. Um, yes, that is true. Um, it is a, one of many good songs by the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they weren't one hit wonders, were they? So, uh, no, it's yeah, funny enough. We, I'm, I'm, I know we talked about this before, but I was talking about it at work yesterday um, about people who do these reaction videos. And I was saying about how that one uh, that I saw where someone was like, oh, yeah, this is um, this is a dancing queen by ABBA. Now you like ABBA, but you've never heard this song. So here's our reaction to hearing it. And I was like, what a load of nonsense. I was chatting about this at work yesterday and someone actually said, yeah, there's someone who does it for the Beatles and like Guns and Roses. It's like, how have you got to like grown up without ever hearing of the Beatles and Guns and Roses? Unbelievable. Um, 25.8 was not a big hit, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Uh, it was released in 2011. Uh, it did reach um, eight in the US adult R&B songs chart uh, and number 85 in Japan. Did not chart here in the uk anyway let's get on with the show and we will start with the creme de la creme of non-league football well in terms of stature anyway i'm more of a skeffle man to be honest with you at the national league with big spending wrexham and knox county out of the picture it may be a bit more wide open this year although big spending chesterfield may have something to say about that but from our perspective we're going to have two teams in the top flight beaten by the aforementioned spyrites in the playoffs last season probably will go again hoping for another charge to, towards the top seven under andy woodman well, alongside them are Ebbs Fleet United, runaway champions of the National League South. Uh, many Facebook tipsers are fleet near the foot of their table, but I would suggest that many Facebook tipsers are very much underestimating Dennis Katrieve's side. How do you see our two teams faring, Matt? Uh, we'll start with Ebbs Fleet. Uh, I, I think we did think Maidstone would have a good season as well because they kept the majority of their squad last when they went up. Um, Ebbs Fleet have done the same, added to it a little bit. Um, I, th I, I, I think... They're in the habit of winning football matches, which is um, a good way of doing it. They've got some quality players. Will they be able to step up to the National League? Dominic Polian, you know, it's a big season for him. He's missing the first game through suspension, but he got 40 odd goals. You would have thought the way that Ebb Street play, um, they're never going to change. They'll be doing that. I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. You know, they have spent a lot of money. If you look at their last latest financial um, results, but I think if they get the new ground, that will solve some of that issues with um, the re redevelopment in the um, in the area. But yeah, I I I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine. 
if they got enough for the playoffs. I don't know. A tough game early first door. But yeah, I think there's momentum there. And I think Epsilon got enough quality um, to, to do it OK. I think, um, first of all, people may underestimate them. Um, and I think that, you know, teams will be expecting, well, it's Ebsfleet, they've just got promoted. Um, we should beat them easily. I think that will be a mindset, certainly at the start of the season. And I also think as well that if they do have a slow start, they've got the budget there to probably go and, and strengthen the squad where they need to. Um, but they've got so many players who've played at this level before. You know, they've got a good goalkeeper. They've got, as you say, Polion up front. And, and you know, they've got, they've got goals in the team. They've got experience in the team. And for me, I think, I don't know if the playoffs are, are possibly out of reach, but I'd say top half, definitely, for, for Fleet. We said it the back end of last season that this year could be a little bit opened up because the two big hitters have technically gone. So, and obviously, do's do well at Christmas. They're doing well on the outskirts of the playoffs. They may sort of splash a bit of cash, so to see where they go. But I, I think they're going to be um, fine. He's added a bit of experience. Cissé in midfield is a good player. David and Moo, I saw him for Barnet last year, decent player. So they've just sort of added them a little bit of wisely. I think he's quite a loyal manager, Dennis Katrib. He likes what he sees. Full-time outfit. I, I, I think they'll be OK. Uh, I'm even thinking top 10, really. I think absolutely have got enough to do that. Um, because they've got the financial backing if they're doing well. To, if they're not doing well, just to maybe bring a few players in. It'll be interesting to see if they do start badly, does he change the way he plays? I don't think he would. And does he bring in other players and sacrifice the players that have done well over the last couple of seasons for him? But yeah, I, I'm sure they will be in for a, a, a very good season. And Dennis Katrib, if he does well there, his um, reputation is going to rise. And I suppose the biggest concern at that point is that maybe other clubs will look at Dennis Katrib either in his homeland or uh, higher up the pyramid. Yeah, I think as well for Epsi, it's obviously a completely different challenge because last year they were the favourites and everyone was was out to get them and they coped really well with that. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope with being a little bit more of the underdogs. And what about Bromley? Matt, um, playoff perennials, I suppose, uh, got there last year and, and gave it a really good go against Chesterfield. I would say they'll be there or thereabouts again, won't they? I, I, maybe even sneaking into the top three this time. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of... Bromley, what they're doing on and off the pitch. Andy Woodburn, we were all very surprised when he came in, but he's done a fantastic job. I think his contacts within the game are really good. That's important for them. Um, highly respected person within the game. Bromley have brought in Pasley, who I know from my Dover days. Very good player. Really like Josh Pasley. Best, when Dover were doing well, he was the best fullback in that division, in my opinion. So they've brought in... A couple of Grant Smith is a good goalkeeper. I, I, I quite like him. They've got the guy I know from Chelsea as well. So he's just brought in at the right time. And they've got the people like Michael Cheek. You feed Michael Cheek, he will score goals. What I like about Bromley, they will be very quick, quick going forward. Get the ball forward. The wingers they've got, they will score goals. Everybody knows what they're going to be like. Organised and resilient. Again, I'll be surprised if they're not top seven. I think they've got enough on it. You're going to see the gates improve. So they're such a club on the up. So they will be disappointed if they don't get in the playoffs. I think um, last season, I think they overachieved after the trophy. And now with what's going on and off the pitch, maybe the chairman's going to say to them, yeah, we want the playoffs. Let's go and do it. 
or even go even a little bit higher. But they should be in for a very good season. And to carry on this growth, John, there's no reason in a few years' time that they can be a football league club, I think. You know, averaging ridiculous amount of season tickets sold, I think, averaging nearly 4,000, heading in the right direction. And um, you just said that 10 years ago, you'd be absolutely amazed. But yeah, some really good signings they've made. But the most important thing, they've kept the majority of last season's squad, which is so going to be crucial for them. And I think some of the young players that they've got knocking around as well are, are, have got the chance to uh, to sort of push on a bit, haven't they? And and, and really to, to make a name for themselves even more. They're that little bit more experienced. I wonder if it might be a big season for George Alexander, uh, among others. Yeah, yeah, good player. I liked Alexander. They, they lost the um, fullback, didn't they, um, to Norwich. He was a very fisher, very good player. Um, Shawomney was a rock at the back. But again, I think what I like about Andy Woodman, he'll know they've gone, but he'll have the contacts within the game to bring another player in and using that model, get player in um, and then move them on up. I like the model of, you know, bringing players in with the youth academy is fantastic. Sell them on. And then you, the conveyor belt starts again. Yeah. The great academy should be in for a good season. I haven't really looked at many people's predictions on the, um, on the internet, but I presume John, everybody's thinking probably going to be okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you know that they they should be, um, and and you know most people are saying Chesterfield to win it, um, and it's, it's probably hard to look past them. But you never know. You never ever know. Uh, long trips for both of our sides to start. Bromley go to Halifax, while the first domestic game ever to be broadcast on the newly rebranded TNT Sport or BT Sport, as I'm sure Mr. Ryman Premier Gerard will continue to call it, <laughs> uh, sees Fleet travel to face relegated Rochdale. So. Uh, a bit of a baptism of fire for Dennis Katrib's side. But what an opportunity. First game of the season away from home. No one gives you a prayer and on the telly. I think that might be worth watching, that one. Yeah, well, I would have thought the way Rochdale have been playing over the last couple of seasons, um, absolutely going to go there with absolutely no fear. And it wouldn't surprise me if they came home with the three points and Rochdale will soon be uh, realising what division they're in this year. Absolutely. We again have five teams in the National League South after Maidstone swapped places with Fleet. Uh, joining Dartford, Tumber Angels, Welling and Billy Smart Circuit, sorry, Dover Athletic in the second tier. Uh, hopes are certainly high at some of those clubs uh, with perennial playoffers, Dartford among them. But whisper it quietly, our first guest of this week's show has seen his team have a great pre-season and a lot of people are looking in the direction of Longmead for a team that could bring a surprise or two this season. Matt caught up with Tumber Angels boss Jay Saunders earlier in the week. Uh, I think it's been more enjoyable <laughs> for a start we've had... Um... We've had a facility. Obviously, last year we had no, we had no, nowhere to train. We trained at a sort of local school. But we've had the pitch uh, where the pitch was being done. We've obviously had the ground this year, so that's helped. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, last year, certainly. Yeah, I think players would turn up with a decent side. Obviously, a decent facility now, and, and, it, and it interested players, so it made it easier. Um, Obviously, money always comes into it, but it, it certainly helps with the season we had. And with, like I say, where the club have tried to, to push on off the field as well, that helps with uh, definitely helps with recruitment. What is the life of a football manager? You know, the final whistle blows at the end of that last in April. Um, do you get any time off, or you is that it? Right, looking looking at players, organising friendlies. Is it non-stop now? Is it is it a three hundred and sixty-five, well, fifty-two week a year job? Yeah, it is. It, is, it has been. A long time for me now. Obviously, I think I've been doing it 
12, 14 years, whatever it is. I, I can't remember, I've lost track, but I still feel quite young somehow. But um, Does it no, surprise you every year? Do things change different every year? You'll be amazed at uh, those. Do, do you know what? It, it don't. I think... Um, I think in general everything stays the same. You get the clubs that are going mad, spending loads of money. You get the others that ain't, and it's it's just about. I mean, I just concentrate on doing what, what we we can. Uh, I mean, with with the recruiting, we throughout the season we have areas where we think right, we we want to strengthen that for next year. And I'm I'm lucky. I've got two two brilliant lads working with me. Um, Tom Pikes and Lloyd Batman have been fantastic. So I can sort of. You learn, I think, the longer you go on in management, I think when I first started, you try and do everything yourself and then as you get older, you kind of realise that, that that ain't possible. So you can sort of go, right, okay, Blackie, can you can I leave you to do this part? And, and a bit. So that helps. Um, but we, we, I think the more experience you get, the more you get used to planning it and what you need to do. And we, we try and I try to get as much from the business done as I can early. We had targets that we wanted. Obviously, you don't get them all, but I'm pretty pleased with what we brought in this year. It was about bringing a little bit more experience, a little bit more know-how into the side, um, which I think we've managed to do with with majority of the signings. Um, so yeah, it is, it is full on. It is full on. I managed to get holiday away with the kids, and that's important as well. Yeah, that's a switch off. Didn't like leave my phone off for a week. I think I lasted a day and <laughs> it was back on. But that's um, that's how it is, and I think you just have to accept that as a manager. Does, does the amount of players available get bigger and bigger each year? You know, the money in the top end of the game is it filtering through, and players are getting released. And um, is there is there a bigger pool of players out there than you than before? Do you know what this year has been? Uh, it was. It's been. I tell you what. It's been better this year. You get some players. And I think you get every. I was like it as a player once. You get sort of done and dusted and go off and join the summer. Um, a lot of players this year, whether that's more agents coming into the game, I'm not sure. A lot more players have tried to hold out. Um, and there was players that we spoke to well over a month ago that are now ringing me sort of, what, what were we, four days before the start of the season, five days before the start of the season, sort of saying, is that is that offer still there? Because they've, they've held out, held out. And, and now I think they realise that, that there isn't deals on the table. So there's a hell of a lot of players floating about. Um it, I, I think what you have to do what we try and do is go right these are the times we want these are the areas we want to strengthen and get as quick as we, as, as quick as we can and, and if people say no then we, we move on we have a list that we players we like them and we move on to the next one and that's how I work I can't I don't think you can hold out too much you, you, you do in certain positions um, and obviously it's all dictated by budgets and finances some players are, there's a lot of money flowing about this year in, at all levels um, and there's players, there's, there's teams sort of lower divisions than us playing a lot more money. So you kind of have to accept that some players that, that is important for them. And I don't hold that against players. I kind of get it. We've all got amps to support. And if it's a way of earning income, then they've got to look at it. Yeah, looking at your signings, they're players who've, you know, very experienced at this level and in levels above. And you mentioned earlier, was that key getting a little bit more now at this level? Yeah, I just felt last year that we. In certain stages, um, I, I mean, I, I say Doug Loft, we, we lost Doug Loft about two games into the season last year. I still say if we'd have had Doug Loft fit for the season, we'd have made playoffs because I think we missed out by four points or whatever. And I just felt we, we lacked that holding midfielder, we lacked that little bit of know-how um, and he brought that experience to us and we obviously replaced it with Waggy, um, but we just didn't have enough of it around the squad, I felt, at, at key times months in, in the season where... Maybe the pressure got to some of the younger and experienced ones, and that's no—that's not me digging them out at all because they had a fantastic season. It was just I felt that we needed to bring in 
few more early coaches for uh, Jordan Higgs, obviously you know. Um, just players that have been around the level, Stephen Payne, players that have been around the level, know the level, um, and I that was that was important. Was it easy to attract the players uh, to that to your club? You know, experienced players like that because what you achieved. Yeah, of course it helps. I think uh, not blowing my own trumpet. I've been about, I've been around a bit now, and I think you, you kind of build a decent enough reputation that players want to come and play for you as well. Um, and, and it backs it up. There's a few of these players I've spoke to over the years and tried to get them at, at previous clubs, and Maystone I tried for a couple of them. And, Obviously went to Margate and placed. I want to drop to that level, so I think obviously. Um, and like I say, the, the club has to take credit off the field. They've, they've done a lot. They've, they've really pushed pushed on with the pitch um, and enabled us to to kind of to, to back us. Sort of, I, I never would have come to the club or, or if I didn't feel we could push on. It's something that I've, I've said all along. I want to push on. I want to get back to a higher level of football if I can. And, and I, I want that to be with Tunbridge, and I, I wanted to know that off the field they could try and match that and, and, and they are as best they can and it's now up to us to, to try and replicate that and look this season's going to be hard it's, it's going to be a really hard season I think the league you look at the teams in it um, I think what's big for us is that we try and establish ourselves as a as a top 10 club in the league we finished I think it was ninth last year four points outside the playoffs which was, which was a great turnaround from the season before um, and I think everyone thinks oh, now we'll just make playoffs and it's, it's not going to be that it's, it's easy this year but what we have got to do is, is make sure that we establish ourselves as a top 10 for, for a few seasons if we can close that gap and make playoffs then fantastic and every year I say every year we go in I, I want to try and get promoted but um, if not then like I say we've got to try and aim for that top 10 finish again which will be a uh, brilliant achievement with with Tunbridge and, and the league we're in. It's, it's, it's quite a Western league with the, you know Yeovil and Torquay coming into it. Are, are you presuming they're the two favourites that the sides to beat? I think so, yeah. I, I think you only have to look at the signings they're making and the money that's obviously being thrown about. Um, and, and look, I've got no issue obviously all along. I know people paying the money if they can back it. They're fantastic. They're big clubs. Um, no disrespect to Tunbridge. They are bigger clubs than us and, and you look at a lot of the teams in this league this year now it's Tough start to the season, Worthing. You know, play some lovely football down there. In one of the best football insides in the division. Tough place to go first game of the season, but you know you'll go there full of confidence. You've had a good pre-season. Yeah, look, that, yeah, I mean, I've known Adam for years. I've been playing against this side when I was at Margate. So I, I know him really well. Um, they're at home. I think they're a completely different team to the team away from home. They they know their pitch. They they start the game really quick down there. And uh, if you look at their home record compared to their away, in general, it's better. Um, so we know it's a tough one. Um, but they're, they've got quite a few new players. We've got the same. Um, we, we've had a, a good pre-season. I've been pleased with it. We've... Um, only thing is we picked up a few niggles here and there which has been a bit frustrating but in general it's been a really positive pre-season they good crowds we've been getting like 800 for the Charlton game Gillingham game so which is brilliant for a pre-season on a Tuesday night so um, yeah we're, we're looking forward to Saturday I think for me and our staff it's just a case now of making sure this week we prep right um, and go into it with confidence but, but knowing it'll be a tough game Hey, some good form there Matt and, and so are his team they finished last season well 
And for me, I think they're going to be troubling the playoffs next season. A good manager, a good squad, a good setup off the pitch. That's always a recipe for success in this league, isn't it? Yeah, he was playing down the chances there. He probably knows with the two big hitters coming into this division that maybe the playoffs are, for a lot of clubs going to be their only ambition this season. He said, oh, he wants to get them in the top 10 and maybe grow, grow again as it goes through. But I, I, can, I can't see why not. I like the signings they've made. Stefan Pena, I know quite a bit about. He was at Dover, was one of Dover's better players last season. I'm not that saying too much, but um, and just a little bit. Denied me decent fullback from Dartford. Cody Lyons Foster he did well at his rowing spell at Welling. What he's got, he's brought players in who've played at this level and a little bit of above to add a little bit of now. So as he said, they maybe needed that now as the season went it went went across. And I, I think he's a good manager, James Shorten. He's absolutely he's been doing it long enough. Knows this level. And there's no reason why they can't keep for them. Make sure your home is a fortress again on the um, 4G. That's been bedded in now. Um, I think it's a, a chance for a good season for them. Tough opening game against Worthing, I have to say. Because Worthing are a really good side. But I, I think they're going to go there with confidence because they've got good players and they've got a good manager, which I think at this level is half the battle. Yeah, I think, you know, Jay obviously knows what he's doing. And it was funny when he said, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now, but he's still a young manager. I think he's in between us age-wise, isn't he? Uh, he's 40, 44, so, he is. There you go, in between us age-wise then, yeah. exactly what I said. Sorry, yeah. um, but, but no, it's, um, you know, he's an experienced manager and players want to play for Jay. And that, yeah, that's yeah. the big thing, you know, you, you look and it was, you know, for, for all the criticism that there was about the, the departure of Steve McKim and the disappointment about that, and obviously Steve is back, uh, in, in Kentish circles uh, for this season. But to go out and get Jay Saunders w- was was a big coup because he is one of the top non-league managers in this county. And, you know, yeah, he's playing it down. He's going to play it down. But he knows how to get out of this league. And he will have gone out and got players who he knows are capable of doing a good job. And, and I think, you know, it was quite telling when he said to him, you know, uh, about the challenges of, of this squad, you know, how players have been... Um, the, the, the the market is, is di- completely different because players are waiting. You know, these aren't the final squads, I don't think, what we're seeing at the moment. But I think Jay, for now, is very happy with what he's got to, to start the season with. Yeah, I think, again, I got, they didn't get Reese Greenwich back. I don't know where Reese Greenwich has actually turned up at. I don't know. But um got Stephen Payne. Payne. I know he, he had his detractors at Welling. His disciplinary record wasn't good. But... If anybody can put his arm around him, a bit like Canary, is Jay Saunders and say, right, you're a good player. You shouldn't be playing at this level. Score goals. So, you know, Tommy Fags had a good pre-season. He's got a lot of goals there. My only concern, have they got enough goals in the team? I think defensively, they'll be, as always, solid. And midfield, they've strengthened those areas. Johnny Henley, good goalkeeper at this level. Have they got enough goals? That would be my only concern. But, you know, Joe Turner, impressed with him, what he was doing last season. So, Again, they're not going to struggle, I would have thought. Um, and it will be a tough place to go down to Longmead uh, when they're on form. So, yeah, if you're a Tommy Dangerous fan, you, you should be looking at the season with plenty of optimism. Um, you know, a new badge, a new everything. New, the club's going in the right direction, which is which is really good to see as well. So, um, uh, it will be interesting to see how they got against Worthing because everybody's going to tip Worthing to do quite well. So, yeah, be interested. But, yeah, I can see, can't see any issues then, uh, um, uh, struggling this year. Not a great pre-season, Worthing, so maybe not a bad time to play them. But as you said there, they're very good at home. And you say about the goals, if Stefan Payne hits his straps early on, 
then he'll get the confidence and he will score the goals. Uh, Dartford will be there or thereabouts again, surely, uh, although the threat of the two West Country powerhouses in the division cannot be underestimated, with both Yeovil and Torquay desperate to bounce back. Uh, if you want my opinion, Yeovil win it. Welling under former Eastbourne boss Danny Bloor, and we're hoping he can recreate what he did at the sports, getting them in and around the playoffs. Uh, while Maidstone have kept faith with George Elakobi, have signed some decent players, but I would suggest they probably need to start well uh, under Elakobi. That just leaves us with Dover Athletic. Handily, we have an expert on Dover Athletic here, so he can tell us all about the pre-season's comings and goings and where he thinks the Whites will be. Matthew Gerrard, take it away. Um, yeah, hasn't been the best pre-season I can remember in my time supporting the club. Um, oh, it's been one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah. Again, when we back in the last season, I was surprised when we interviewed Jim Parmenter at the end of the final game when they were stayed up on goal difference. Um, I'll take that now. So um, I was surprised that reading between the lines, I thought Mitch Brundle would not be the manager. Um, I like Mitch Brundle. I like him. He's passionate um, and he's eager to do well. Um and, you know, and, and Dover were going stale under Andy Hess and Tyler. Um, you know, COVID has hit Dover, but we're not going to make that as an excuse. So I quite like Mitch Brother, and he's desperate to succeed. Um, so um, I'm talking to him early part of the summer. Um, he was going to do that. Unfortunately, the, the wheels have come off. Um, and I don't know, you know, if the club, well, the club really could have handled this better. Um, Jim Palmer's been quite quiet. I think maybe... Um, he should have maybe come out and said, right, this is what happened. Um, because the speculation on social media about players coming and not coming, assistant managers, plural, coming and then going, um, is not good. So I think the club need to look at that because they have become a laughingstock, John. And there might be a laughingstock for you for a while. It, it quite hurts me that we're a laughingstock now. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, when it was the sort of, one player maybe signing and then and then change his mind was 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 a, a little bit embarrassing, I suppose. But then when it happened three times, I think that was when it became a, a little bit of a problem. And you know the results in pre-season, um, losing to Enfield, not not Enfield from the Isthmian Premier either. Um, you know it it was a f- frustrating time, and and people were looking out saying, oh yeah, Dover and. and you know, I think other other people have seen people on social media when Dover have announced a sign and it's like, oh, well, until he gets a better offer yeah. until that. And you, you know, I like to take the mick, but, you know, deep down, I don't want to see any of our clubs uh, floundering. And, and you know, I've said this before, I, f- I feel sorry for Mitch Brundle in a way because, you know, he can only deal with what he's, with what he's got it, in front of him. And it's not his fault that the, all these people have come and gone. And, and it's not his fault that Dover in the situation that they're in. Um, you know, and, and it's it's awful because, you know, we say optimism is high for everyone. And, and I feel like once again, Matt, you're probably the exception to that, where you're expecting to have a bad season. And if you have even a half decent season, it'll, it'll be a surprise. You've got a stinker first up as well at home to Torquay. You know, it must have been praying when the fixtures came out that you'd get a game at home that you would have a chance of getting a, a good result to, to really kickstart the season. But to get Torquay at, at home first up, who are just freshly down, going to spend some money to try and get out of the league, was a, a, a double blow, I suppose. Yeah. Um, if Dover survived this season, again, I've only been at one pre-season friendly, so you're looking at the quality of the players they've got in. Um, they've got no money, they've got no budget. Jim Palmer does not 
And again, I, and again, it's up to him if he doesn't want to invest his money. You know, he's retired now, and I fully understand that. And Mitch Brundle has got these players in. They will be hungry players. Will they have enough quality to succeed at this level? We'll have to wait and see. Um, I think it's going to be a long, hard season. Um, I'd like a bit more experience in the side. Again, are they going to score? I think they'll um, be a bit more energetic than the side that we had last season. But are we going to score any goals? Going to be a struggle. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't. Again, if we get relegated, it's like life. I just don't like my club coming in embarrassment, and that—that's what hurts the most. And I think the club could have handled this a little bit better over the summer. Um, don't want to become a laughing stock and an embarrassment because, you know, over the last few years, um, we've been successful. Um, and I'm surprised Jim Parmen say, you know, he's a he's a loyal man. Proud man is seeing it come to this, but if he doesn't want to invest any money anymore or doesn't feel it's there, I can do that. And if he's going to do that, he has said he hasn't had any offers. It's going to be a long, hard season. So we'll have to wait and see. Oh, you know, I'm at the Torquay game on Saturday. If you're a Torquay fan, you're going to be rubbing your hands at this, and probably they should win pretty easily. I would have thought. I think also about your squad. You know, you said you'd like some more experience, but at least these players aren't hurt by the past of what's happened because you know the last three seasons have been pretty wretched for Dover but at least this is a new brush um you know and, and these players may be young they may be a little bit inexperienced but at least you know they're going to come here and, and they'll want to prove themselves and I hope that's been kind of Mitch Brundle's selling point to these players is you know what come here we're going to have a go at it there's not a lot of expectation on us let's have a good season and, and, and let's do the best that we can you know and if Dover were to finish 17th right that people would look and actually say do you know what we've given how their pre-season went that was a success so the bar is quite low so actually I'm going to try and be positive for you Matt you can see that there is potential there for these players to be interested in giving it a good go for Dover Athletic and ultimately that's what you want isn't it you want players who are going to be out there and give their all give 100% for that white shirt and try and make things happen for Dover Athletic whereas Last season, you know, there were some players that were clearly going through the motions. You're going to have players that are hungry to succeed. You've got a young manager who's hungry to succeed. And, you know, you hope for him. You obviously get on quite well with him. But that things do move in the right direction and that, that there is no pressure on these Dover players. Go out there, enjoy yourselves and express yourselves. That's the key thing, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to play with no fear. Mitch Brunnell's, I think, in the same situation. Look, at Dover's first six games are tough on paper. Um, and he, uh, the back end of last season when they lost six on the spin, you know, you could look at that. You know, Jim Palmer has been loyal to his manager. He could be under pressure, Brandon, if he doesn't get results in. Again, these players may be looking, right, work hard and again, move up the ladder if they're successful. That would be. I think Mitch Brunner was a bit similar to George Elacobi. Elacobi had a made statement. We haven't discussed them much, but they had an issue, you know, last season, couldn't win a game. And, I'm thinking that the pressure will mount them if they don't win matches. I think Elakobi, he's got to start well. Brundle, nobody's expecting him to get anything against Torquay. Um, I think um, he's got to start well. He's 28 years of age and what he's had to deal with, um, <laughs> with no support around him, must have been tough. But what, what hurts you makes you stronger. And he is a excitable character who's desperate to do well does that make you a football manager probably not but um it will be interesting to see how he gets on uh, 
I'm hoping he's successful, but there will be pressure if they start badly, which I mentioned those first six games, that he could be in trouble. And where did David go from there? If um, if Jim wasn't willing to pull the plug that we thought he was in May. So it, it's a big August for Dover and for Brundle because um, he's got the pressure on um, to see how they do it. And, and the club, as it hit rock bottom, John, that's the only thing we can hope for, that the summer's been that bad, it can't get any worse, and they're going to start the season OK. Let's hope so. Uh, the fixtures on the opening day in the National League South. Uh, Dartford are at home to Bath City. As we've already mentioned, it's Dover against Torquay. Maidstone also at home as they take on Slough Town. Uh, Welling have the long trip to Truro. Well, actually, it's not Truro. It's uh, it's Plymouth. Is it Plymouth they're playing in? Uh, they're not going as far I, I as I don't Truro. know if they've gone back or not. Well, a quick one. We haven't really, Dartford should be OK. Quite a few um, turnover of players, but Alan Dowson knows what he's doing. I think what he said last season, when I've got my squad in, we'll be OK. I think they should be top seven OK. Maidstone, a bit like Dover, I think some of their supporters have not been that impressed by um, the signings. Haven't got a goalkeeper as of yet. That may change before the weekend. George Ellicobi's got to win matches because his record is not good. And Welling have got a decent manager, and I'm sure Welling will be like Eastbourne on the cusp of the playoffs. Um, I think some of their fans are pleased that they've got a new manager. So everybody will be okay, apart from Dover, I would have thought, John. I think everybody should be looking at top 10 um, apart from Dover. Yeah, and the final fixture, of course, was Worthing and Summer Angels, uh, which we have already discussed. Uh, we've still got another week before the Eastman League starts, but a smattering of our sides in the southeast, East, uh, based on last season's final league standings, kick off on Saturday when they join our Scaffold teams in the FA Cup. It was a great opening weekend uh, in the Scaffold uh, last Saturday, not as goal-laden as we thought, and there was a nil-nil, although <laughs> not at the Colvin, as I predicted. Uh, top of the pile after game one, a Corinthian, who conceded the first goal of the season to Kennington's Finn Dent after just two minutes. Uh, but hit back to win 5-1 in their opening game after relegation. Uh, elsewhere, much fancy Deal Town were beaten 3-1 at Fisher. Holmesdale beat Midtown, who confirmed James Rogers and Tom Winter as their new managers uh, by three goals to nil. It was 2-2 between Punjab and Beersted. Snodland overca- overcame Stansfeld 2-0. Uh, title favourites Faversham beat VCD Athletic 3-0. Uh, no goals as Wellingtown hosted Rustall. And more than 400 fans saw Whitstable beat Irith Town by two goals to nil. Uh, there was also a 1 0 win for Tunbridge Wells against Hollands and Blair, ending a pretty manic week for the club with three points to start the season. Uh, Steve Ives was not even Wells' boss a week before, but he's already got three points in the bag. And I spoke to him earlier in the week about that and his hopes for the future at the Colverdon. Yeah, yeah, definitely a bit of a whirlwind week. Um, and truthfully, if we had been offered three points, uh, before the game, I would have snapped your hand off however they come. So, yeah, delighted. Uh, j- just just the one goal from, from Don Winter Stevens. W- w- was it a deserved win? Um, Holland and Blair would have something to say about that. And in truth, it, it wasn't entirely comfortable. Um, we've only really had one training session. So, in terms of team organisation, we were, we were kind of running on default setting a little bit. But um, we, do you know what? I'm not going to overanalyze it. <laughs> we kept a clean sheet and that always gives you a chance when we got players like we've got at the other end. So, so how did it all pan about then? Because you were at Thomas Wells last season, then you moved on and, and now you're back and, and, and now you're the manager. So talk us through what's happened <laughs> in the last two or three months. Yeah, it's, it's literally the, the kind of carousel of football, I guess. But I, um, I really enjoy my time. I, my business is based in Tunbridge Wells. I'm, I'm born in Tunbridge Wells. I don't live there anymore. So it's, it's a club that 
that holds a lot of affinity to me. Um, I assisted Luke last season, really enjoyed it. Um, but I've been a manager in the past and I think once you've kind of done that, I guess a lot of guys, people out there listening will know, you know, you, you kind of get the itch to do it again. So I left on really good terms, but I just had an opportunity to manage, um, which I took up. And then, yeah, you know, just, just literally completely out of the blue. I was planning my pre-season, building a squad, building a backroom team. Everything was going relatively well. Um, and then I just got a call completely out of the blue to say that Luke had decided to step away for his own reasons. And because I guess they needed continuity and, and I guess the proverbial safe pair of hands, they, they made me the offer and took a massive amount of soul searching because I appreciated what kind of position I was leaving the club I was with in. But I spoke to all my management team there. They're all good friends of mine. And, and, I, and once they all agreed to stay and keep that ship steady, I felt it was, you know, I felt it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down, to be honest. I suppose it's one of those, isn't it, where if, if someone else who didn't know the players uh, and didn't know the club had come in so close to the start of the season at Tunbridge Wells, it, it might have been a completely different situation. But because you know the players, you know the club, it, it, it is a good fit. I guess that would be the chairman's thinking. Um, and, and I know some of the some of the players were were quite keen as well, which I'm, I'm thankful for, for the support. And, you, you know, life don't always throw up opportunities like that and, and, and I could have overlooked it and the chances are it may never come back round again and uh, you know without getting too deep I, I spoke to my to my missus <laughs> not, that, not that she's my regular go to for football information but I spoke to my missus and, and like she said you, you've probably been in and around this game 10-15 years hoping for an opportunity like this so what's stopping you really when you cut through all the kind of emotion of it um, so yeah, that was it. Two hundred and forty odd people there on Saturday, second biggest attendance in the division. So we know the potential that there is at Tunbridge Wells, and I guess your aim now is to tap into that. Absolutely. Um, I've seen I've seen some good days. You know, going back to when I was involved with Crowborough, which would have been probably God best part of a decade ago, and I think then Wells were just coming off the back of their of their Vars win. And I remember we drew them for the first time in the bars. Crowbar were in the Sussex League at the time. And I think we had 1,500 people there that day. Um, then we go back to last season, the derby at Rust Hall, the first one on the bank holiday. I think we had just shy of 1,000 then. So the potential of the club in terms of support base is absolutely massive. Tunbridge Wells is a town that I know well. It's a big town. And... Um, I guess it's it's our responsibility to try and get some consistency and momentum going on the pitch, and and I'm confident people will then come back. They've got a very they've got a very low core, but we kind of need to attract that outer core and get them back as well. The last few years, we've seen Tunbridge Wells seem to have problems in the winter. You don't seem to play at home for uh, a month or two months or something like that. And I guess that's one thing that that you and the club together must be desperate to to put a stop to. I mean, ultimately, a lot of that is down to situations outside well it's, it's all down to situations outside of my control namely the weather and, and, and then the drainage um, and I think everybody understands that unless you're in a position where you can throw an absolute fortune the pitch is going to be what the pitch is going to be and, and we just have to understand and live with that you know I've, I've had the same situation at other clubs and you know you can all wish it didn't happen but 
you know, I know walking into the job that despite the groundsman's a great hardworking guy, um, he couldn't do any more. But when you've got the kind of situation you've got with our pitch, it is what it is. And yeah, much as much as I'd love to pretend it was something different, there are going to be there are going to be wet Saturdays through the winter when we don't play on it. That's a fact. Um, you move on Saturday back at home again, a, a cup tie against the team the step above, but nothing to lose against Duxbridge, is there? That's precisely our mentality to it. Um, it's, it's probably, from our point of view, actually, I don't know, I haven't really overthought it, but I was going to say it'd be the ideal draw for us, but I suppose the ideal draw would be playing someone you've got a pretty firm chance you're going to beat. But yeah, we've got nothing to lose. You, you, that's, that's the best summary of it. Um, they play level above, but they've got to come down to us. We're hoping that the crowd will turn up. You know, we, we proved on Saturday that we're going to be hard to break down. And it's probably set quite well for, for a cup tie, isn't it, really? We've been doing this podcast for seven seasons now, and this, to me, looks like the, the most competitive scaffold that there is. So what, what would be a good season for, for you? What, what would you take right now? I, th- I think that's, that was the kind of scare, the, the sort of fear, but also the excitement of taking the job, um, coming from what would be the, I think they call it the Southern Counties, but the Sussex version of Step 5. I... There's no question this league's more competitive. There's no question the financial clout and, 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 and the support base of some of the clubs in this league are pretty much step four, if, if not even touching step three in some instances. So what would I love? I would, the fact there's a playoffs, I said this when I spoke to the club, the club guy, media guy the other day, the fact that there's a playoffs gives, gives it, it probably gives 10 of us realistically a chance that we want to go and chase it. And we're in that pack. Would I consider it a failure if we didn't? Well, we'll have to see how the season unfolds. I, I think I think based on my starting position being very late, it, it would be quite a big achievement if we managed to make the playoffs. But funnier things have happened and we have got a good squad here. If you have a look for our squad, I think a lot of other clubs would cover a lot of our players. Well, he said it was a chance he couldn't turn down, Matt, and starting with a win after only a few days in charge is, is all he could have asked for, isn't it? Yeah, I think the consistency of his appointment um, after he was there last season, feel sorry for the club he went to, but again, when Tunbridge Wells called him, he, he said 244, good gate, the, the potential to be there, being to Wembley, he couldn't turn it down. And he, again, listen to that, listen to your good lady in your life, in your, Life, what he said there, she said, you've been waiting for this opportunity, don't turn it down. And he's taking it on. Good result against Hollands and Blair. When he can, After a week, when he can get his views into the players, um, he can see where it goes from there. Yeah, you know, we thought Tunbridge Wells should be one of the top sides over the last few years. That hasn't really worked out for him, um, or for that for them, sorry. Um, and they'll be looking to go one better there. But again, these managers... It's a labour of love management, isn't it? You know, he's been there before. And as he said, he'd been a coach, but he had that itch to become a manager again. Um, and he doesn't, and again, the opportunities might not come around. So he's taken it, probably a bit more of a workload, but he's at a club. No, you can be successful if you get going. Yeah, and I think we all know about the potential. And, and you know, it was very telling there when, you know, that the fact that there's playoff places down to fifth place has given everyone in that division that little bit of an inkling, hasn't it? And, and it, you know, he was very honest there saying, you know, it'd be amazing if we can get in the playoffs. And and Tunbridge Wells, you know, if everything goes their way, if we get a bit of a dry spell over the winter as well, 
you know, then there's nothing stopping them from from being one of those teams because people will come out and support them. You know, people will watch it. And the fact that they the fact they brought in a manager who has already been part of the system there, you know, that helps. As someone who knows Tunbridge Wells well, as as they have with Luke Carpenter as well, you know, but someone who wants that that club to be the king for them, I, I think that's a, a a really wise appointment, very astute actually to go and get get Steve. And and you can tell he's got his head screwed on from the way he was talking there. You know, he's not going to get carried away. He's not going to go over overboard about everything. But they they can progress and they can if they can be solid for a couple of years. And, and then, you know, the, the potential at Tunbridge Wells, we all know, is huge. The problem is, is at the moment, there's a lot of clubs in the scaffold with potential. Um, and they've all got to, eventually, they're all going to move up the pyramid, we hope. But it's just making that first step, because I, I still maintain this is the hardest need to get out of, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I probably like he knew the players as well, rather than bringing a whole squad. We've seen already a lot of teams have brought in whole new players in. The players know him. They were probably pleased with the appointment. Um, they know what they're going to get from him. Um, started well, clean sheet and a win on the first game of the season. He must be d- absolutely delighted with that. Say, you say, the crux of the matter is top five can get in the, you know, the playoff opened this up and he said 10, 12 teams could be in there. And it's just getting that stability in it. And then it's a good start from him, a good result of the season. Tough one at the weekend in the cup, but you know they've had that confidence. Should be a decent crowd there. Why not? Have a get to the get to the um, first qualifying round of the FA, well, the, the preliminary round, and see how it goes from there. But yeah, a lot. It's going to be it's going to be a tough league this year, the scaffold. So got to start well, which they've done, um, and let's follow that with the FA Cup result. But again, Labour will love these managers. He's got another job. Doesn't live in the area, but he knows all about the club. So when when it offers to you, football's like a drug. You can't stay away from it. Um, and the telling thing we said there, it's good being a coach, but a manager's the ultimate. Testing himself out. Um, it could have stayed at his other club after going there. And I liked it when he said, as long as my other staff would stay there, we wouldn't leave us in the lurch. They were happy to let me go. So man of principles in some way. So good luck to him at Tunbridge Wells and we'll keep an eye on their results. Yeah. What what, what did you make of the, the other results at, at the weekend? I mean, uh, disappointment for for deal, but a, yeah. a brilliant result for for Corinthian. You, you know, you didn't know what they were going to get really at the start of the season. They, they've lost some players. They've made they've kept a few of the ones from last year. Obviously, a disappointing season last year, but they seem to have added a little bit of quality. And and to go behind as early as they did, and then to hit back like that shows that there that, that there's possibly more to Corinthian than than a lot of people may have expected this season. Yeah, we've talked under the radar a little bit, haven't we? But you know, Michael Golden, friend of the show, good manager, probably could. Manager a level higher than that, but see if he can get if he can get the players working for him again. Um, I, I can't see why not. They could be one of the sides that um, will be in the top five. Disappointing for Deal. Haven't seen any reports of that, but Kenya will be disappointed. Again, sign of the times. Good result for Faversham, but when you've got the three goal scorers, Lockyer, Essaman, Abanji, it show you the quality they've got in their squad. So very professional job done there, um, Gary Lockyer you would have thought, should score 40-plus at that level. Yeah, I had this conversation with someone in the week, actually. For me, if he stays fit, uh, top goal scorer in the scaffold. With, with, right, with, but yeah, but this, no. And again, Whitstable, 417, fantastic game. You know, they, another side that a lot of sides are looking at Faversham, but no reason why Whitstable, who stuck, ended the season pretty well last year, solid base of a side, good manager who knows 
how to get out of this level as well. Um, no reason why they can't be a um, side doing well. So, but yeah, good result for Faversham at VCD straight away 3 0. Yes, uh, among the Isthmian League teams in the FA Cup this weekend are Sittingbourne, uh, whose late season march up the table didn't take them high enough to avoid an extra preliminary round tie. And it's an interesting one for them as well, as they host Jersey Bulls, a 2pm kickoff at Woodstock Park on Saturday. And ahead of that tie, I spoke to their boss, Ryan Maxwell. Yeah, just a, a little bit late uh, on the numbers, to be honest, um, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, I'd rather get them out of the way now. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're in good, good form. Um, always in good spirits and, and looking forward to it. But yeah, we're we're, we're three or four players uh, short of what we would like to be in terms of availability. But we'll roll our sleeves up and get on with it, mate. Look forward to it. You've obviously had a, a few players in that you've been looking at, and I know you said you had some tough decisions to make. But are you happy with the squad that you've got with, without the injuries at the moment? Oh, certainly. I mean, with the, we're we're, uh, we're in a, a good place in terms of. Uh, strength and depth. Uh, I think um, with the players you are injured, it, would, it really would have depleted and, and really weakened a, a team usually uh, with what we've lost. But we're still looking strong. Um, so yeah, the, the squad is strong and, and uh, yeah, the strength and depth is good. Uh, yeah, so we're we're in good position, mate. Definitely. Yeah, you obviously have a bit of a feel good factor from the way that you finished last season so strongly. So I guess you'll be keen to get a good start this time around. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we, we did finish well. Um, Want to bring that momentum into into the start of the season, of course. Um, but, you know, many other people will be trying to stop that. So it's uh, it's not going to be easy to do that. But, of course, that's the mindset. Um, and uh, anything like the form that, uh, that we finished the season with would be would be very welcome to me, certainly. Uh, you start, obviously, with the FA Cup on Saturday against Jersey, a two o'clock kickoff as well. Um, they're going to be a tough opponent, aren't they? Because th- th- they know how to win games of football. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they're a, they're a, a really good setup. Um, they've been playing through the through the summer um, with this tournament that they've been uh, competing in, and they actually won it in the end as well. So they'll be very confident. Um, good team, good players. They're fit, um, strong side. So. Yeah, we're expecting a really tough uh, encounter, but we are ready. I've seen them play. Um, we have a plan and, uh, and we'll be sticking to it, mate. You'd love to have a good run in the FA Cup, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd love a run in the FA Cup. You know, I've said to the players, it's a, it's a one-off. It's a, it's a, it's still the most historical, you know, definitely the biggest cup in this country. Um, magical for, for non-league players. It changes life at times and uh, hopefully we can we can go a few rounds and you know and uh, make sitting born uh, known to everybody what's, what's your personal FA Cup history have you, have you had a good run before uh, I think I got the first round once as a player um, so yeah not not bad um, but yet to yet to get there as a manager be absolutely over the moon if it is with sitting born um, obviously we're realistic but anything can uh, knows, uh, but we're, we're looking forward to this one we'll take one game at a time one cliche but it's very true and obviously we know who's in the next round already but we're not we're not focusing on that at all we're very much uh, full focus on Jersey and uh, rightfully so I suppose you'll be hoping to, to continue to get some, some decent crowds in. you got 240 last night didn't you so we're working towards making Sissy one a bigger club yes yeah, it was a nice little crowd last night. Yeah, it was. Um, 
we uh, we want to get to the three to fifty. Uh, again, we go to the club and obviously when he comes up to that, um, the fans are phenomenal at the club, incredibly vocal, uh, brilliant support. Um, but yeah, we we want to we want to we want the place to be a fortress and get it rolling. So as many as uh, possible can get there Saturday will be extremely welcome. And obviously the league starts the following Saturday. It, it, lots of teams have got big ambitions and you're very much among them, aren't you? Yeah, we are. I mean, I think, you know, we have to be realistic again. You know, we, we want progression. We want to be fighting for a playoff spot. That's all uh, to be you know completely transparent about that. But, you know, we don't have a carpet of a surface. We don't have a 4G. We haven't got a huge budget. But we do have what we have. And uh, we will be competitive. That's definite. Um, but again, one game at a time and, you know, at the end of the season, if we're there or thereabouts, then we'll have had a great season. And that is the goal. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what happens. I suppose from our point of view, it's great to see there's so many Kent teams are going to be in and around that, uh, the top of the Eastman League South. Is, is there one in particular that, that you fancy to be a big threat? Well, there's no doubt about Ramsgate. and we'd be silly not to look further than them, you know, with the incredible budget they have there. And, you know, and good luck to them. Uh, well supported. And again, that 4G surface really does help. Uh, they signed extremely well, um, but they're not—they're not the only ones, you know. There'll be other clubs up and around it as well. But as I say, we'll, we'll just focus on what we do. We do things our way. Um, we'll be a match for anybody on our day. We know that. Uh, consistency is key, um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting uh, league campaign certainly. It's all in all that the future's looking pretty bright, and, and sitting was probably in a better place than it was when you took it over. Well, it was third bottom and, and not looking great. So I'd like to think it's in a better better place now. But listen, it's, it's still a work in progress. Nothing's built overnight. Um, we are working extremely hard. I can promise you that in every single area that we possibly can. Um, and my aim is to make sure the club is shining up at the top end of the table and certainly not the bottom there. That's second appearance on the show for Ryan. He's got high hopes for a good season, Matt. And, and given how they finished last year, I'm not going to bet against them travelling the top five. No, good manager. Shouldn't be, again, add confidence to South. Manager did a very good job there. I think he probably could have gone to better clubs in the summer, but I think um, the City Morn, you know, have flashed. He's invested in the project, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've never been to Woodstock Park. You have, John. So you say it's not the best facilities, but clearly um, something's been said to him. You know, you've got a chance here. And he's the kind of manager who will bring players in and can get them up the levels as well. So, as in the players are. Clearly, he loads a lot of players in the Essex area who will come and play for him. Because some of the signings they've made are, are very good for this level. So, reminds me a little bit of Seven Oaks last season when Seven Oaks did really well at the back end of that season 18 months ago. And they started the season well. Just missed out on the playoffs. But they, they're on a growth spurt, so to speak. And City Board seemed to be that way. Always been, you know, apart from the glory days of the money 30 years ago, they've always been, you know, an Eastman South East club. But with, with Maxwell in charge, who is a good manager, and he is a major asset for them. There's no reason why they can't get into the Eastman Premier Division. And then yeah, you're thinking, right, let's get the ground sorted. Let's get the infrastructure sorted. And yeah, because a lot of people live in that area that, that will support the team if they're doing well as you can saw back in the day when they had all the money. But yeah, tough game in the FA Cup this weekend. A good challenge for them. But I see they beat Bishop Stortford 5-0 and Bishop Stortford at Conference North. So their number one asset is that man, is the manager, um, who is a good coach, good contacts, 
Um, and if they can keep him, there's no reason why they can't be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously discuss the Eastman League uh, at, at great length next week. Um, but, you know, in terms of this FA Cup tie, it's, never, it's easy with me when your first game of the season is the FA Cup. I don't know why that is, but it, it doesn't. Um, Jersey Bulls, as you said there, they've been playing all through the summer. They've won a, a tournament. Um, you know, they, they went very close a couple of years ago in the Combined Counties League. And, you know, I'm sure they will be a threat. And pretty much, as I said to Steve Ives, Jersey Bulls are the underdogs there. So it's a free hit for them. And, and that, that freedom that it sometimes creates can make it tricky. But having said that, I think the quality that Sitting One have got there is, is, is enough for them to get through. And, you know, he didn't hold back there when I said about the FA Cup. You know, he said... I got there once as a player in the first round. I'd love to do it again. You know, and, and th- there's no reason why. If you if you do get the luck of the draw and, and pick up results, there's, there's absolutely no reason why you can't. But obviously, as he said there, one game at a time. But I would hope and think that they've got enough to overcome Jersey Bulls. Yeah, I think I think Teddy's couple of players are away, which is the problem this time. Again, I suppose the FA Cup, the finals will be not till June. Do they have to start it? It does seem unfair that some of the leagues haven't started and you've got the FA Cup. And it's such a prestigious competition for some of these clubs. I don't know if they can't move it back a little bit. I presume there's so many rounds. You've got to do it every two weeks, haven't you? So it is what it is. But I feel for some of these clubs who, you know, we will probably lose clubs whose season hasn't started by losing in the FA Cup, which is an absolute blow for some of them. And let's hope sitting ball out. But again, I think they will be organised against Jersey Bulls. Um, it's a tough tie. I, I t- right, what, is those replays this level? Is it goes for penalty? It must be replays, is it? How does I mean, that work? replays, yeah. They'll be Tuesday night, I thought, I'd imagine. Next what, go to Jersey? They can't, <laughs> Jersey can't, they can't allow go to Jersey, surely, a Tuesday night job. No, you wouldn't have thought so. But um, who knows? There might be some special arrangement with that. Yeah. Um, that it might go but to no, company. Yeah. I, I should have looked that up, really. But no, yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose Jersey Ball's got to play somebody, haven't they? So, um. Um, yeah, I'm confident they can get a result there. Um, I think you just think I just think he's a good manager and should shouldn't be managing at that level because Absolutely. what he's done before. Good manager and a nice bloke to chat to as well. Yeah. So, uh, good luck on the season. list of ones I want to catch up with in person over the course of the season. Uh, the FA Cup fixtures then for our teams uh, this weekend on Saturday. Uh, Snodden Town make their FA Cup debut as they travel to face Broadfield United. The game is being played at Rainers Lane. Uh, Broadfield is that Sussex? Uh, no, it's uh, well, Rainers Lane is sort of Harrow, uh, West oh, London. Right. So. It's then. Yeah, it's Corinthian against Bedford Sports, Deal Town at home to Guildford City, Faversham Town make the trip to the Sunshine Coast, although at the moment you would not fancy that at the moment uh, as they take on Eastbourne Town. Uh, it's Glebe against Kennington, Irith Town travel to Hassocks, Whitstable have a tough one as they go to Haywards Heath, uh, Kent Darby's Hollands and Blair host Ashford United, Holmesdale take on Midhurst and Eastbourne. Uh, Punjab United travel to Hawley Town. It's Lansing against Ross Hall. Lordswood are at home to Egham Town. Uh, Lidtown hosts Camberley Town in their FA Cup debut as well. It's Phoenix Sports against Eastbourne United. VGD Athletic travel to Sandhurst. As we've already mentioned at length, Sittingbourne against Jersey Bulls. A uh, two o'clock kickoff that one at Woodstock Park. Stansfield head to Sporting Bengal. Tunbridge Wells, as we've mentioned, home to Uxbridge. Bearsons are going to Wembley in the FA Cup as they've got Wembley. Uh, and then on Sunday, Sutton Athletic travel to AFC Croydon. Uh, it's uh, Lingfield against Seven Oaks. That one's played at Hawley Town, if you're going in, in the market for that one. Irith and Belvedere travel to Littlehampton. Wellington playing the home game at Phoenix Sports against Cobham at 2pm kickoff. That's one as well. Uh, also this weekend, the Scaffold First Division starts. Um, 
full program of fixtures almost not quite because some of those teams are in uh, cup action so well, how come some teams are in the FA Cup and some teams aren't then so well so AFC Croydon have got in somehow and there yeah. was just a, there was only a handful of step six tied sides that made it but AFC Croydon uh, well, one to, of them. Do you have to apply for that, or is it league? Yeah, you have to apply, and then it's done on league position. But I think there was literally less than ten up and down the country who made it. So, um, yeah, so well done to those. But the league fixtures in Scaffold Division One: FC Armstead against Faversham Strike Force, uh, Greenways against Tooting Beck, Larkfield and New Hyde against Croydon, it's Meridian VP against K Sports, Rochester United at home to Brydon Ropes, Sporting Club Thamesmead against Canterbury City. Um, don't know what you make of this division this year, Matt. It, Last year, I think we all expected Larkfield and Snodland to be the top two. They were, and Snodland uh, obviously got up there. Lidtown did very well to get promoted uh, two. I would suggest Larkfield and New Hive will be up there again. And I've got a feeling for Canterbury City as well. Recently relegated, but they seem to have uh, kept their manager and, and they've got high hopes now they're playing at Hartsdown Park. Yeah, they should. Be, yeah, um, football here, again, nomadic existence, but they seem to have kept a bit of stability. Margate's bit a little bit easier from where they were getting to. Faversham Strike Force. I don't know how Faversham Strike Force. I presume are they still playing at um, Salters Lane or linked to, to Faversham FC with Faversham having a bit of money. Um, I don't know if there's still sort of a link there. You'd expect them to be doing quite well as well. And if there is the link, as Faversham main squad have got a squad of about 30, they might get some players on loan as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sad news from the scaffold this week with the passing of John Mulls, uh, the vice chairman of the Southern Counties East League. Uh, he was vice chairman of the Kent County Football League before. He'd been a member of the Kent FA Council uh, and a, a real hero of Kent non-league football, really, to, to have uh, been involved in, in so many things for so long. Um, and Denise Richmond, the chairman of the scaffold, said, personally, John has given me so much support over the past few years by working together. Football in this region has benefited so much from his dedication and hard work and his poorer for his passing. So uh, thoughts with John's family and friends and everyone at the scaffold. I know there will be tributes paid to him uh, at games across the weekend as well. But uh, yeah, the, the, the loss of a local legend, Matt. Yeah, I remember speaking to him a few times on that. Really, really sad. I didn't know he sadly passed away, but a really nice guy who's um, a really good, he was a referee, wasn't he? But a good administrator for football. So yeah, um, very, very sad news. So um, for a really guy, nice guy who would talk football all day long. So, yeah, um, condolence to his family now. Yeah. Um, we will talk about this in the league uh, at length next week, but uh, very quickly, because I know we're running out of time, Matt. Um, Sheffield United, uh, the news has come out this week that the chairman, Matt Smith, a friend of the show, has stepped down uh, after a phenomenal spell in charge where he's built the ground up. He's got the team from step six all the way up to the outskirts the playoffs in step four. Uh, Jack Midson, the manager, left a few weeks ago. Uh, Ernie Batten is back in charge on a temporary basis until a new manager is appointed. Um, hearing a few things behind the scenes, Matt, that it's things seem to have all just gone very wrong for Sheppey United. And um, I kind of worry for them uh, and where they might end up over the course of the season. Um, I'm hearing various rumours about managers um, I've heard one manager linked. I've also heard that that manager's turned it down. Um, I've heard other names linked as well. Um, you don't want this level of uncertainty when you're 10 days away from kickoff, do you? No. Um, and again, we were praising them and we had, him on the, we had him on the radio show, I think, Matt Smith, didn't we? You know, what they were doing in the community. It's pretty clearly unravelled very quickly. 
Um, and I'm sure there's more to it. I think he's done an interview with the Kent Online, Matt Smith, saying he wants to get back into football. So, yeah, it's a strange one. Um, still haven't got a manager. Players will come and go, um, I'm sure. Um, but they need to get some stability there because you know, the last few years have been really good for the club. Um, but again, I'm sure it will come out eventually what's going on. But, yeah, a bit of concerning. I suppose money, money talks at whatever level is and Matt Smith's done a great job. Um, but we'll see where he rocks up next, I presume, because uh, he can give a lot to football. It's a shame he's not going to be at Sheppey anymore. Yeah, a shame for them. They, they, they've they've done wonders over the last few years, and hopefully this is uh, hopefully they can bounce back from it, and uh, and and we'll have uh, a competent season. But time will tell. Uh, you mentioned the Ben Stokes documentary, Matt. Have you been watching anything else on the on the on the old box? Uh, Hi, Jack. I mentioned that. Hi, Jack. We're going to watch the last episode tonight. What else have we watched? Um, the Blacklist were on. So have you seen The Blacklist? No, I've not. That's another related American crime one. So apart from that, no, we haven't really been, just been busy again, sort of in and out and um, getting ready for our holiday. So we haven't really settled down too much. But Hijack's the main thing we've been watching So uh, from that. So, but it, it's the time of the year where we don't really want to watch much telly because the weather's normally been pretty good. So, um, but uh, yeah, we're just plodding along. Joe, I'm going to see Barbie tomorrow though. So, I'll give you a report back on the Barbie movie, unless you've seen it already. I haven't seen it already. Um, yeah. Would you go and watch it? Uh, possibly. You know, I'm not. Um, it, uh, it's amazing because I read some really good reviews about it, and then I've read a few absolutely stinking reviews. So I don't know if it's going to be any good or not. But you know, it's it's. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm sure if if the opportunity comes my way. Um, you know, the last film I saw at the cinema was Super Mario, and I absolutely loved, loved that. So that was good. Yeah, um, that's good. But no, but Barbie apparently um, it makes you think as a man, doesn't it? This. As well. Uh, yeah, well, maybe I won't go then because I, I don't need to think as a man. I, I, yeah. I've yeah. done enough of that in my life already, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, just want to go and burn through a garden or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's, Have you been watching yeah. anything then? We're actually re-watching Ted Lasso. Well, he's watching it for the first time, so I'm just yeah. getting in and watching okay. it again. Um, and we're all at the end of series two. We only started a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the hijacks on Apple, so John, I'd recommend yep. that if you like it. Yeah, it's next on the list, definitely. Yeah, I, I, we we both said we'd like to watch that. So, but again, it's like it's time, you know, with work and yes. with, with visiting people and and seeing people and and things like that. You know, it's it's tough. You know, I'm trying to fit everything in and around. A busy schedule, um, you know. You don't it's only busy, of course, for me with the football season starting again at the weekend. So, again, another problem. Why the hell aren't we playing midweek, first week of the season? Well, probably because you'll have suffered enough by five o'clock on Saturday. Arguably, that could be the case. But, <laughs> but why? And why have we got a game in like middle of January? Yeah, I know. Man, it, 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 why, again, I say this every year. Probably the clubs must think well, it's going to be quite nice weather. Kids are off school. I might be able to go to a game. It just uh, surely the managers were you, in pre-season. You've been playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. <laughs> so why it just doesn't? Then you're playing the next two. Just again, it, it, it's a real bugbear of mine. And again, again, if, if anyone does, let's get Matt Panting on because he knows about fixtures, don't we? How does it work? Because yeah. he'll probably say, well, the reason is because of X, Y, Z. And I go, okay, but for the layman, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Uh, you can find us on social media on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. No, it's not uh, anymore, on... is it? It's X. Uh, well, do you know what? It, it is X, but if you go onto the website, it's still twitter.com. So uh, you know it's Twitter. I know it's Twitter. But if you want to call it X, call it X. Um, but you can find us on there at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Kent Non-League Podcast. You can find us on 
that other thing, what's it called, Threads, uh, on the same address at Kent Non-League Podcast. Uh, we can find us on Facebook as well, search for Kent Non-League Podcast, and also the Kent Non-League Football Chat Group, uh, which is continuing to grow in members uh, all of the time. So do get involved in that. I'm at John Phipps 81 on Twitter, X, whatever. Matt is not going on it as much, but at Matthew underscore Gerard uh, is where you'll find him. Keep an eye on our socials as well. We might be doing some, or one of us might be doing something um, on Monday, uh, which we will publicise for you all. Um, you might even get to see my disappointing face, uh, but I will give you some more details about that one when it's all firmed up. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. It's so good to be back. Thank you everybody for listening to last week's show as well. Uh, lots of nice feedback um, and we do really, really appreciate it all. Um, and yeah, thanks to Matt for giving up his time. As always, thanks to all three of our guests. And uh, we're looking forward to the start of the season for so many of our teams. Optimism is high, unless you're at Crabble. We'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. I'm really not looking forward to the season, John. But for the Kent Non League podcast, I'll be positive. If we do, if we win on next week, I'll do something crazy on the pod. I'm that sure we're not going to win. <laughs>